What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Here's a quick synopsis. While preparing to retire, famed professor and archaeologist Indiana Jones is visited by his goddaughter Helena Shaw, who seeks his help in finding both halves of Archimedes' dial. The film stars Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Mads Mikkelsen, John Rhys-Davis, Toby Jones, Antonio Banderas, Boyd Holbrook and Seanette Renee Wilson. Standout performances. Since 2016, most of Harrison Ford's work in movies have seen him reprise the roles that made him famous. He returned as Han Solo in 2016's Force Awakens and 2019's Rise of Skywalker. He played Rick Decker once again in 2017's Blade Runner 2049. And now in 2023, he's playing Indiana Jones for the fifth and final time. Some may look at his return to these iconic characters as a bad thing as an example of how there is no originality in Hollywood that they can only rely on these big franchises that they are using nostalgia to gain an audience's attention and those are all fair points however in the case of Harrison Ford when he has returned to these iconic characters he has been in some very good movies I loved him in Star Wars Force Awakens in particular and thought his final scene with Adam Driver was incredible and one of the best scenes Star Wars has ever produced. When it comes to Indiana Jones, this might be hyperbole, but it feels like this is his favorite character to play. Here's what Ford told The Telegraph back in 2013. To me, what was interesting about the character was that he prevailed, that he had courage, that he had wit, that he had intelligence, that he was frightened and still managed to survive. That I can do. And Ford clearly doesn't want to see anyone else play this character ever again. Here's what he told the Today Show back in 2019. Don't you get it? I'm Indiana Jones. When I'm gone, he's gone. It's easy. As for Ford's final performance as the character Indy, he starts out the movie in a somewhat dark place. He's lonely. I don't think it's anywhere near as good as his other performances as the character, but it was solid and a good send-off for the character. I would also like to point out Ford's doing his best comedic work recently on the Apple series Shrinking with Jason Segel. Overall, 2023 has been a very good year for Harrison Ford. And if you're afraid you'll never see Harrison Ford again in a massive movie, fear not because he's joining the MCU in the next Captain America movie with Anthony Mackie playing General Thunderbolt Ross, taking over the role from the late William Hurt. Ten years ago, Harrison Ford joining Marvel would have been a huge deal to me. But given the current state of the franchise, I'm not sure this will work out. I don't think Marvel knows what to do with somebody like Harrison Ford anymore. With Dial of Destiny, Ford has a new co-star, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, best known for the Emmy-winning Fleabag. This is not Bridges' first blockbuster. She voiced the droid L337 in Solo, A Star Wars Story, and was one of the screenwriters of No Time to Die, the final 
Daniel Craig led James Bond movie. As Helena Shaw in Dial of Destiny, she's the best part of the movie. She walks that fine line between hero and thief. It's a super fun performance. She's right up there with Karen Allen's Marion as the best female character in this franchise. There has been a lot of talk about the massive three-year, $60 million overall deal Bridges made with Amazon and how she is yet to create a new show since the deal was announced. But it looks like she's working on a Tomb Raider series for the streamer. When asked by IGN if working on big franchises in the past will help with Tomb Raider, Bridges' response, quote, there's so much I can incorporate. I mean, the character of Laura Croft was inspired by Indiana Jones and James Bond, so there's so much, and it just felt like the perfect final step in my own personal adventure through this kind of franchise world. Phoebe Waller-Bridge will next appear in The Imaginary Friends, written and directed by John Krasinski and co-starring Ryan Reynolds, Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, Steve Carell, Aquafina, Sam Rockwell, and Vince Vaughn. Mads Mikkelsen has replaced Gary Oldman as Hollywood's go-to bad guy. He's been the big bad in the movies, Casino Royale, Doctor Strange, Fantastic Beast, The Secrets of Dumbledore. He also played Hannibal Lecter in the TV series Hannibal. In Dial of Destiny, he once again is playing a villain. He recently told GQ he would rather play villains over a good-looking lead, saying, quote, I'm not into the hair falling in your eyes. Be cute in a corner. Not me. The losers are fun because we know them. You might have been in that situation yourself sometimes. The Indiana Jones franchise has had some really good villains. Belloc and Raiders. Arena Spalco played by Cate Blanchett. And now you can add Mickelson's Jurgen Voller to that list. The director of Dial of Destiny is James Mangold who is taking over for the great Steven Spielberg. And there's a few reasons he was the perfect choice. He's one of the few directors out there who make studio movies that are successful at the box office and are super high quality. His filmography includes Copland with Sylvester Stallone, Robert De Niro, Harvey Keitel, and the late great Ray Liotta, Walk the Line with Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon, a remake of the western Free Tend to Yuma starring Christian Bale and Russell Crowe, Logan starring Hugh Jackman, and Ford V. Ferrari starring Christian Bale and Matt Damon. If you want a good movie a lot of people will like, James Mangold is your man. The other thing that makes him the ideal director of the final Indiana Jones film with Harrison Ford is because he did a magnificent job with Logan, which was supposed to be Jackman's last turn as Wolverine. And although there are major differences between Logan and Dial of Destiny, I can see some similarities. For one thing, both movies are about these heroic men aging. Also, both characters are revitalized by younger people. Logan by X-23 and Indiana Jones by Helena Shaw. I really like Dial of Destiny and I believe Indiana Jones is one of the best franchises that have ever been created. But there are some key issues I have always had with this franchise, and especially with some of the supporting characters feeling like archetypes of other characters. For instance, Toby Jones's character feels similar to Marcus Brody, and Helena Shaw's sidekick is just like Short Round. I just feel like they didn't do enough to differentiate 
between the side characters in Indy's life. One of the main issues that people seem to have about Dial of Destiny is the de-aging of Harrison Ford. And I gotta say it, it didn't really bother me at all. I don't want another actor playing a younger version of Indy. If he was de-aged the entire movie, yes, that would have been a bummer. But for one part of the movie, I'm fine with it. I mean, what else are they going to do? Now, I think that the de-aging is why this movie escalated to a $300 million budget. That's the real problem for this movie. It is way too costly for what an Indiana Jones movie should be. And you would have to believe it cost that high because they spent so many of those millions trying to make Harrison Ford look younger. The de-aging is how we got a $300 million Indiana Jones movie and why all the talk about this movie is its lack of success at the box office. This movie would have been super successful at the box office if it cost $150 million instead of $300 million. I even think you should be able to make an Indiana Jones movie in the $100 million range or maybe even less. It just doesn't make sense in 2023 to make a $300 million Indiana Jones movie. A lot of people are comparing this movie to The Flash and while I understand the comparisons because both movies have not done well at the overall box office, at least you can understand why the studio thought they'd be able to make back that money with The Flash. It's a superhero movie. It's the genre that is dominating. Indiana Jones was really big decades ago. It's not at that point anymore. Not everyone was clamoring for the final Indiana Jones movie. Yes, a lot of people love Indiana Jones, but making a $300 million Indiana Jones movie in 2023 was not a wise decision, and we're seeing that. This movie might not even make its budget back. For it to have been successful, it would have had to make closer to $700 to $800 million. Ironically, the de-aging didn't interfere with the quality of the movie. It just made it so that the movie's budget skyrocketed. This movie never should have cost anywhere near $300 million. Disney should have known that. Lucasfilm should have known that. That they were not going to be able to make an Indiana Jones movie that was going to be able to make that kind of money. Now, if this movie cost 75 to 80, we would be talking about it being a solid hit. The last Indiana Jones film before this, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, cost $185 million to make. They should have scaled back the budget for this one because Indiana Jones was even more popular then, back in 2008, than it is now. I've seen three movies in a row that have had this problem. They cost too much money, and those movies are The Flash, those movies are Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and the third movie is Elemental. Those are good movies. I liked all three of those movies, but I think you could say the biggest problem with all of them is their huge budgets. You have to be a massive, massive hit for the movie to do well at the box office, and that's just not sustainable, and you're seeing that. Not every movie that comes out is going to be able to make that kind of money. We were never going to live in a world where during the summer of 2023, we were going to have multiple movies 
make over $600 million at the box office. That just doesn't make sense. So I do believe moving forward, movies are going to have to cost less. And the ones that do have a massive, massive budget are going to have to be surefire hits. And clearly, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny was not that. You do have to wonder if this is the end of this franchise, because I do believe that if this movie was a massive hit, then we would have gotten more movies, we would have gotten a Disney Plus show, that was all going to be inevitable if enough people cared about this movie. But alas, here we are. Not a lot of people went to the movies to see it. It's done well if it didn't cost $300 million. I don't think Disney is going to invest a ton of money into recreating the Indiana Jones franchise. And I really don't think we're headed towards a reboot. I don't think they're going to do that to Harrison Ford. I don't think they're going to make an Indiana Jones movie starring one of the Chris's, Pratt or Pine, even though I'd kind of want to see it. I especially think Chris Pine would make a fantastic Indiana Jones. I would love for Indiana Jones to become the American version of James Bond, where we have a different actor play that character every three to five years. But it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. It seems like we're closing a chapter when it comes to this movie. This is probably going to be the last big piece of media that is about Indiana Jones. We can talk all we want about Phoebe Waller-Bridge getting her own movie as this character, Helena Shaw, but that was only going to happen if this movie was a big hit, and it wasn't. So I don't think Disney is going to move forward with that character without Harrison Ford's Indy. And if you were thinking that Indiana Jones could go the route of Star Wars and become a bunch of Disney Plus shows, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen either as Disney recently announced that they had canceled plans to make a show about Marion Ravenwood's dad. I mean, now they're not even going to be a TV series. Star Wars has done very well on Disney Plus. It doesn't look like Indiana Jones is going to be given that chance. Disney bought Lucasfilms for one reason and one reason only. It was for Star Wars. They took a chance by making a fifth and final Indiana Jones movie, The Dial of Destiny, which is a good movie, but it didn't make enough money to justify making this one of their ongoing franchises. I do believe this is the end of Indiana Jones movies. And so with this being Harrison Ford's last time playing the character, I thought now would be a perfect time for me to give my ranking of the five films. This is one of my favorite franchises, and Indy is an all-time great character. So here we go. Number five, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. This movie has a stacked cast. Harrison Ford, of course, along with Shia LaBeouf, Kate Blanchett, Jim Broadbent, Ray Winstone, Karen Allen, and John Hurt. And it underutilizes all of them except for Blanchett. And for that reason alone, it's my least favorite indie film. Also, the idea of aliens in the indie universe sounds cool, but ultimately it didn't pay off in The Crystal Skull. The movie is super underwhelming, and you can act like mutt. Indie's son is the biggest problem the film has all you want. I just think there are bigger issues with the movie. It's a bit of a mess. Number four, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, a movie I liked a whole lot and think is way better than Crystal Skull. 
Waller-Bridge and Ford are a great duo and have really good chemistry. It's a fun movie and what I want from an Indiana Jones movie, but is not quite a top-tier Indiana Jones film. It's not perfect. The plot is a little questionable. It's a fine send-off for one of the best movie heroes, and I do think the movie will only grow in stature. Because as I was saying right now, people are only fixated on its box office output and not the actual movie movie itself, which the movie deserves your time. It feels connected to the other films. It has a MacGuffin that characters are obsessed with. I believe James Mangold did the best possible job he could replacing the legend that is Steven Spielberg. Coming in at number three is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, labeled the darkest film of the franchise and the one that director Steven Spielberg has mixed feelings for. In some ways, it feels very of its time, which is the 80s. It gave us a kid's sidekick in Short Round, but on the other hand, it's super dark and it feels ahead of its time. It's also the Indiana Jones movie that Harrison Ford has to carry the most and in my opinion gives his best performance as the character. I just re-watched this movie and I love every single scene between Harrison Ford and Kihi Kwan, who of course just won an Oscar. Clearly George Lucas, one of the shepherds of this franchise, believes that the second movie of a franchise should be darker than the first movie. I mean, just look at his resume. He went from Star Wars to The Empire Strikes Back. That's what Spielberg and Lucas was going for, was to make Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom a darker movie than Raiders of the Lost Ark, and clearly they accomplished that fact, and I do believe the quality of this movie is very, very high, and in my opinion, better than the two most recent Indiana Jones films. Coming in at number two, it's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. This movie gives you two great movie stars, Harrison Ford and Sean Connery, sharing the screen and is a great father-son adventure movie. I also have to say that the opening scene with River Phoenix playing a young Indiana Jones is incredible. And this movie has grown in my estimation after seeing Spielberg's The Fablemans because you could see Spielberg's own relationship with his father in this movie. It's the one Indiana Jones movie where Harrison Ford has an equal he is on screen with Sean Connery, the man who was James Bond, the man who won an Oscar for The Untouchables, a man who is equally a massive, massive movie star. And that scene when Sean Connery's Henry thinks his son has died is one of the best scenes this franchise has given us. Another great scene is when Henry tells Indy to let go of the Holy Grail, telling him it's not worth it. The number one movie of the Indiana Jones franchise is obvious. It's the first film, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's my favorite movie directed by Steven Spielberg. It's co-written by George Lucas, who received a story credit, and Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the screenplay. Both, of course, wrote most of the Star Wars movies as well. Lucas with Star Wars and Indiana Jones really invented modern franchise films. The scene where Indy shoots the man with the sword is one of the best action scenes of all 
all time. And Raiders of the Lost Ark is the only movie that knows what to do with Karen Allen's Marion. She's fantastic, and I love the villain Belloc. Simply put, Raiders is the gold standard for action movies. And I do believe it's a fair critique that the franchise was never able to match that first movie. That is fair, but the other films are also really, really good and super consistent, unlike most franchises. So here it is again, my top five Indiana Jones movies. Number five, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Number four, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Number three, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Number two, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And number one, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'll end on this. Harrison Ford is an all-time movie star and Indiana Jones is an all-time character. It was a match made in heaven the minute this man played this iconic character. I really like all five movies. Now, I have issues with some of them as previously stated, but I am really going to miss seeing Indiana Jones movies. There will never be another action hero like him. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I highly recommend you check out Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And next week on the podcast, I'm talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, written and directed by James Gunn, starring Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, and Bradley Cooper. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.